0: It's time and wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC, especially if you are one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run, or maybe maybe you're doing housework, maybe you're sitting in traffic, don't worry, we're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week. Delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free, thanks to our sponsors this week, Squarespace, Squarespace, and Gamefly. They're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show, all about games, and their many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, which is spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, co-host... Slash nemesis. The guy who is sure there's at least one more egg hidden somewhere in his house, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian.
1: Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. And while I don't want to spoil anything in The Last Jedi, but when Luke opens his robe and says, Uh I refer to this as The Last Jedi, like that really brought it home for me. I was like, oh, it's just a name for his penis.
0: (laughs) Really? That's how we're starting the show this week? (laughs) Really?
1: Come Save on, for your stand-up act, Christian. Yeah, you, yeah, right. That's part of my stand-up act. You know, my closer, <laughs> the Luke Skywalker yeah. opens his robe bit that everyone planned.
0: For. <laughs> oh man, what a weekend! Uh, we had a holiday. We had uh, you know our friend and friend of the show, Carboni, knocking out of the park with that with that uh, live stream of all the Star Wars stuff. He was so good, so good. We're proud of him. Uh, where would he be without us, Christian? Probably Uh, More successful? So much more successful. (laughs) All right. Uh, We got lots of games to talk about, and we have an awesome guest to do it. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian, but this week we're excited. We have a brand new DLC. DLC stands for deciding who lives through conversation, (laughs) because that's what you do in Telltale Games. And we have the community manager of Telltale Games, Mr. Nathan Ortega. Hey, Nathan. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for being here. We're excited to talk to you. Big day for you guys. Um, in fact, before we even get to story of the week, let's talk about uh, the trailer that just dropped this morning for a game that comes out, what, tomorrow? Starting tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, so if you're listening to this, uh, it's Tuesday the 18th, the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale series. The first episode drops. Uh, it's a game we've been talking about a long time because um, it's the first of what I guess is going to be a few different Marvel games uh from telltale
1: right blink
0: Uh, if that's right blink if that's right
1: (laughs)
2: uh hmm. i'm gonna (laughs) choose silence because it's always a valid option our games um (laughs) (laughs) it's it's the first marvel game i mean we have worked with a lot of other pretty huge entertainment companies i mean we just did our batman game last year and you know um minecraft as well and this is one of those things where like with with guardians of the galaxy it's just such an exciting opportunity to be able to work with. Honestly, I feel like a lot of people's like favorite Marvel characters. Um, so we're just, we're stoked and, and nervous, but also pretty optimistic that people are going to dig it. Um, but we just got to get to this first season before I can really even think about what comes after that.
0: So from the trailer, um, I guess the first episode is going to be called tangled up in blue, which Mm -hmm. is a pop song reference. So clearly some influence from the guardians of the galaxy films, and um, it looks like we're we're taking on Thanos, or at least dealing with him in some way, because Thanos is all over the the uh, release trailer. Um, as somebody who's a Marvel zombie from way back, that's pretty exciting for me. Um, you guys <laughs> yeah, excited no, to be dealing with that kind of stuff?
2: Honestly, uh, when I first heard that, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me! That's insane!" Because I mean, we kind of <laughs> inadvertently beat the Marvel movie universe to the to the punch of having. Thanos, who is this sort of big, huge, like probably one of the most iconic villains in the entire, in all of comics, really. Um, That's right off the bat. So you have to wonder where we're going to be going, and whether or not we've written ourselves into a corner (laughs) at the rest (laughs) of the season. We're like, oh shit, already. We've just got to, you know, it's crazy um, introducing him, you know, so soon. But I'm really optimistic and, and confident in the guys working on on Guardians, especially. It's a lot of. Uh, the crew who worked on Tales from the Borderlands, which is always one of my favorite games we ever put out, um, and I and I think that I believe in them. I, I think they're going to do something really awesome.
0: So it, it, we've seen Telltale uh, experiment a little bit with varying levels of action and you know you know participating in action and having some sort of real time action you know um, reflex driven gameplay elements. And certainly the trailer shows a lot of big action set pieces. Uh, Are you able to talk at all about any kind of new stuff that might be in in that direction in in this series?
2: Um, There are definitely some new mechanics we're introducing with this series. Um, I can't really go into any further detail because there's like an embargo. But tomorrow it comes out. You guys will see what we're talking about. Um, They do center around kind of trying to simulate the interesting, stressful experience of managing a team. So I I do think that both in how you manage your relationships and also how the action sequences play out definitely capitalize on the really interesting skill set of guardians in different unique ways. So um, but yeah, like I said, tomorrow,
0: you'll be able to find out more detail what I'm talking
2: about. I don't want to ruin it right off the bat.
0: Sounds good, man. Well, we're excited to play it and we're excited to have you on the show. Uh, Let's start the show in earnest the way we always do with story of the week story of the week gets the story on the week story of the week gets hey, the, the story of the week story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week and you can always submit stories for our consideration using our hashtag on Twitter that's dlc sotw or by visiting our subreddit which is 5 by5dlc.reddit.com uh, some great submissions this week great community there as well you guys should definitely hang out mingle, discuss the show. Nathan, you are a guest, so you get first pick of stories. Um, other than your own company story, what what would you consider to be your story of the week? I mean, honestly, it's hard for me to kind of decide
2: between Nintendo News and all the Star Wars insanity that happened over the weekend. But I mean, I think I probably ended up lining up with, with the Star Wars Battlefront 2 announcement. I think that was probably the biggest Thing, I'm still kind of trying to process all the stuff they threw at us.
0: Yeah, my goodness. Uh, so the the trailer or a, a version of the trailer leaked a few days early, but we got the full length uh, reveal trailer for Star Wars Battlefront during- 2.
1: Oh, oh, dang it. Add some more stuff to this trailer. Really.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's interesting. I wonder if that is the case or if they had a longer version already, you know, cocked and ready to go. Yeah. Um, I'm sure actually Nathan can give us some insight into how those processes work when you're dealing with a leak. It's like, do we have to add more now? Is that how that works? (laughs) I mean, Telltale's a little unique in that respect. I mean,
2: our games function pretty differently. So I don't know what their priorities were in cutting this trailer, but it definitely felt a bit of a everything in the kitchen sink type of
3: philosophy.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, uh, the game itself uh, debuted uh, officially at uh, the Star Wars Celebration panel uh, that happened over the weekend. The game will be releasing November 17th, 2017 on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. It will, as we all, I think, hoped, or certainly I hoped, uh, it will encompass a full single-player campaign. And the details of that c- campaign sound pretty interesting. You're playing a bad guy. You're playing a special forces imperial navy commander, uh, this female, um, naval commander who is on Endor as the second Death Star explodes at the end of Return of the Jedi, looks up in the sky and sees it explode and goes, Oh, well, what do we do now? <laughs> and, uh, and it's that. That path from the end of Jedi to the beginning of episode seven, or maybe not quite that way, but it's in that window. And uh, it's all about sort of, uh, you know, th- there's this line from the trailer where they say, uh, avenging our emperor. So, Nathan, how do you feel about playing as a a fascist (laughs) about playing as the Imperial side. Certainly we've done that in lots of Star Wars games. There's dark side characters in lots of Star Wars games, but Mm -hmm. um, do you think this is the, this is the story that you wanted, you were hoping for? I don't know what I was hoping for from Battlefront,
2: honestly, from a narrative standpoint, but it definitely is an interesting, uh, I hate to use the term bold choice, but uh, given the current political climate, I think it's going to be really interesting to see them have to navigate the murky waters of this, and how it might pertain to modern issues, I, I just yeah. don't know what I don't know what to expect from this. Honestly, like I know this, the Star Wars universe can be as simplified or complex and, and morally ambiguous as the author, uh, and, you know, whoever has the pen can sort of make it as interesting. I mean, I feel like I look back at a uh, Knights of the Republic two and how heady and kind of philosophical that got. I think there's a lot of potential here. I just don't know. It just depends on what direction they go with this.
0: Yeah, they straight up referred to the Rebel Alliance as terrorists in the in the press release. So it's like they the view of the main character is that the rebels are terrorists, and that's that's loaded language. Certainly, doesn't seem like they're backing away from you know those those overtones. Um, Christian, are you are you amped for this? How do you feel about about that storyline?
1: So I'm going to make two bold and crazy predictions outside of our uh, prediction show. One, I think the single player ca- portion of the game will underwhelm it, people, not because it's not good, but because I think people's expectations now are expecting an eight to 12 hour single, like, or maybe six, eight hour, like a full Call of Duty-esque, you know, like actual single player campaign. I don't but think battle- we'll see that. Battlefield, right? They're
0: they're expecting this is the, this is kind of Battlefield, right? I hope, Star Wars I, I hope
1: so. I don't know if it'll even be as, as long as the, the, the Battlefield 1 single player campaign. It's just my gut. My other bold and crazy predict- prediction is, um, she flips at some point in this campaign. It's like the, Oh no, I've been being lied to. The mm. Emperor is evil. And then she helps do something and hand something over to the rebels. That's, that's my thought. I don't think it's, um, Oh gosh, what was that? The first one was pretty good. The second one wasn't good where you were a star killer, uh, rah. force unleashed, force unleashed. Thank you, All Nathan. Right. Yeah, I don't think it's going full force unleashed, you know, dark side. Cause that, that worked because it was so far dark. Like you were dark and renegade and you're going to kill everybody kind you of thing. You were
0: Vader's protege in that one. Right. right?
1: Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think they'll do the full on just, you're just a straight up bad guy. <laughs> like you're just, you're just a commander in a bad army killing innocent people. I, I don't think they'll lean too heavy into that. That's just my guess though.
0: I think that's, that's a pretty, uh, Plausible guess. I think that could definitely happen. I, I, I loaded. I mean, um, blown away by the uh, the visuals. And this game, this game continues to wow on that front. The first one certainly did, and to be able to do that in single player and be able to play in all these new universes as well, because uh, it looks like even the multiplayer is going to take place across. All the films, even the prequels, even Episode Seven iconography, the new stormtrooper look, and the new you know vehicles that we're seeing, so they're able to play in all that. That is going to be a really fun thing. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm very excited. I'm very curious to see how this this plays out. I hope that you're wrong about that first uh, first um, prediction because I don't want it to underwhelm. I'm, I really do have high hopes for this. <laughs> I think and that's I want the, it to problem, be the game. <laughs> yeah, well, I want it to be that game that I you know one of the first wanted to be. So, of course, yeah. Yeah, super exciting. The weird thing too is that right now, today in April, you can uh, download the game onto your Xbox One.
1: There's no way. It's someone said how big the file size was, right? It was like it's just a placeholder. It's just a thing to make you feel good that you're not just why does that them make you loan. feel good? I don't know. You think you're getting something in return for your loan? I have no idea. It's it's,
0: it's a weird thing. You can pre-order and also pre-download, so something is sitting on your hard drive for. However many months that is, a lot of months. Uh, Anyway, very odd. Oh, Christian, what is your story of the week?
1: Well, my story of the week is that my daughter's college tuition is paid for. Um, I don't know if you saw this um, last week or not, but I am a wise business person, and I made one of the best investments I've ever made in my life by clicking f5 and refreshing and getting uh nest classic when they launched because yeah and not
0: opening it you never opened it right so it's no, in, in condition so that- correct
1: i've never opened it the secret is jeff There is nothing sealed in any of them you could open it and reseal it and there's no stickers oh. or anything oh i see so yes mine too has never been opened
0: <laughs> <laughs> i did see uh nes classic on ebay this week for ten thousand dollars
1: Nice, come on, I only have 18 more years to sit on this thing, and then, (laughs) (laughs) hello retirement, I mean, so the story is, they they are discontinuing the NES Classic officially, it was announced as a limited production run, Um, however, originally, however, Nintendo then also said that they were ramping up production, because it was so uh, impossible to find, at least initially, and then kind of continued through its run, and now it seems like it served its role of, this is now me hypothesizing it served its role of let's keep Nintendo in the news until we can get the Switch out and now go buy a Switch. I just don't imagine that the NES Classic was a huge uh, had a huge profit margin for them and I don't know how long the licenses lasted for the non Nintendo games that were on there. It seems like this is expected, but also I can understand how it's disappointing to people that have yet to be able to find one.
0: Yeah, for a sixty dollar box I'm I'm sure that the profit margins weren't huge. Um, a lot of speculation this week as to why Nintendo would discontinue a product that's clearly outselling the supply. So it's, it's a wildly successful thing and they're like, Oh, eat, nobody can have it anymore. I think a lot of people are assuming that this points to their eventual plan, uh, hopefully not too far away to add virtual console games to the switch and feeling that maybe this would undercut a potential, uh, virtual console on the switch if you can go out to the store and buy it for 60 bucks and get 30 games where, 30 right is how many are on it correct yeah if you or get even 30 their ga-
1: online subscription service right that gives you a, a two games a month you know the, that rotating right. thing if you own the games for 60 bucks already you know are you less inclined to keep your nintendo online whatever they call it subscription service going if you're not currently playing splatoon or mario kart or you know whatever online game you might otherwise want the service for
0: Yeah. I should point out also, this was a story that was submitted to us by Digital Firefly on our subreddit. Thank you for doing that. Uh, Nathan, uh, did you manage to get one of these? Do you wish that you could have? Are you sad that it's going away?
2: Um, Honestly, it's funny. I actually I get that thing every time a Nintendo thing comes out where I'm like, I don't need it. I don't want it. I'm okay, I've got my fill of this stuff. And then immediately as it starts to become hard to find, I'm like, I have to have one (laughs) right, right the second. Um, but I have a friend who got one. I got to try it out, and it just, just, just definitely seems like something that it's not really necessarily meant for us. I feel like it's this is a product for very casual, like media enthusiasts who may people who are a little nostalgic for Nintendo games, but don't necessarily want to buy a new Nintendo console to be able to like in depth go back and revisit these. And so this feels like an impulse buy product that probably wasn't meant to ever be on the shelves for that long.
3: Hmm. That
2: said. I suspect that we'll probably hear about a revised NES Classic with a different roster of games, or an SNES Classic by the next within the next year. I mean, this huh. just seems like too much, unless, of course, Christian, like you said, if the if the production costs are higher than we think, and this is not cost effective, then then otherwise, I suspect we're going to see just a new version. The thing is, they're so worried about uh, over like flooding shelves with product, with physical product, right now. That's why the they're, they're, the new 3ds, the small version, is so hard to find too. They they are not shipping more than they than they think is necessary at any given time, and this is leading this sort of frustrating, unnecessary scarcity.
0: Yeah. Well, also they seem you know there's a lot of speculation that Nintendo is so um, so worried about hacking and so worried about piracy that th- these things were hacked in like 15 seconds as soon as they hit the market, and people were putting a whole bunch of extra games on them. uh, And maybe that maybe, you know, could have contributed to their decision to, to discontinue it. I think personally, uh, I would rather have the games that I want on a switch with built in two, two player controllers that can attach to my big TV and also go with me on the go. Yeah. Maybe I have to buy them all a cart. Can I can't pay $60 to have 30 of them, but maybe they will have packages like that. Uh, I'd rather have that than try to fight to find one of these at a store anyway, and the the cuteness of the adorable, small, retro look uh, didn't really win me over in any particular way. I'm hoping that it's paving the way for Switch Virtual Console stuff. So maybe it's a win.
2: Yeah, I, I just like like I was saying, I just don't think it's this. This always seemed like something that should have been sold at like Walgreens, right? Like your <laughs> yeah. your aunt your aunt's like, oh crap, I got to get my nephew something for his birthday, and I'm on my way right there. I forgot to get him something, and this is sitting on the shelf. Like I, the fact that they aren't capitalizing off of that right now is, I guess, typical Nintendo. But on the other hand, there's not huge flash sales on it. Everyone's paying out the nose for it, so I guess they're they're doing something right. I don't know. It's for me to mean it really make sense of it, quite frankly.
0: Yeah, they evidently sold uh, over 1.5 million units as of January. So, um, I mean, people were grabbing them, including Christian. So you got to get that thing up on eBay, bro.
1: No, I got to sit on it and wait and wait. You can't and wait, wait too
0: long because then you it, get stung.
1: No, I wait and I wait and I wait. And then after my girls move out and they're married and I have this basement full of stuff, I'm like, guys, do you, do you want any of this stuff? And they're like, no. And then I just throw it away without looking at any of it. And then someone stumbles upon it at a thrift shop two years after that, after it's been handed around a few times and they find it and they take it to uh, Antiques Roadshow. Mutants have overrun the Earth edition because that's where mm. we'll be. Ah. And then it will be actually the device that's used to power the Krong spaceships. So it'll nice. have a very high value.
0: The Krong love their tiny NESs. They'll pay 15 human teeth for one. It is weird. Human teeth are just so lost their value post-apocalypse, <laughs> though, Christian. Anyway. Not a, only if you have fillings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, speaking of Nintendo, uh, my story of the week is the Nintendo Direct that we got this week, which had a whole bunch of uh, news bits in it, uh, including the Switch summer release schedule. So to run that down real quick, I mean, we're not going to have time to go into every little detail that the Nintendo Direct went over. But if you're a Switch owner or a prospective Switch owner, you probably want to know what's coming out. And it looks like uh Nintendo has a big game every month through the summer, depending on your definition of big game. <laughs> 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 if you think Tetris is a big game and objectively, it's the best game of all time. But uh, also Minecraft, if there's if you have no other device to play Minecraft on, or you really want to play it on your Switch, they announced a Nintendo edition of Minecraft coming out in May. So that's your big May game. Um, we got uh, Ultra, Ultra Street Fighter 2 is also coming out in May. June, your big game is ARMS. And we got a bunch of new information about ARMS that actually made me perk up and excited. Uh, Christian and I got into a little twitter beef (laughs) about this but i think that it actually for the first time arms looks really really cool to me we'll get to that in a second uh then july you got your big game your splatoon 2 we got new information about splatoon 2 in the nintendo direct including a horde mode which i think is really cool i mean it's not groundbreaking or reinventing the wheel in any way but it certainly is a cool new addition to splatoon and then uh you know you're into uh where we where was um we had a uh, Mario Kart in there somewhere. That was a lot earlier.
1: Mario Kart's like next week.
0: Yeah, it is next week. You're right. Uh, and then uh, you know you're you're moving into fall. And then <laughs> well, I don't understand what else you need if you're a Switch owner. What do you? What else do you need? Uh, some other games that they announced. Um, a, a bunch of ports of stuff that's already out on other
1: things. A um, bunch of role playing games like Tetris and Minecraft. And Street Fighter Two? You mean the games you already mentioned as big games of the yeah. summer? You mean uh, those ports that are already Vita, on other things? Castella,
0: Sonic Mania, <laughs> Cinemora X. Uh... If you guys don't get Poyo Poyo
2: Tetris on this thing, you're missing out. That game is amazing.
0: Really? Are you, you're, not, you're not being ironic? No,
2: it's great. I actually, it, it was in sort of like localization hell um, over here on PS4, um, but it's really great. It, it, especially if you have ever played Poyo Pop ever like those games are are weirdly addictive and the fact that they kind of mash up rule sets from both games in really interesting ways it's it's really fun i actually think people should check it out
0: well there's a demo out right now you can you can check out the demo uh and i'm certainly not one that will ever diss puyo puyo or tetris i think those are objectively the, the best games ever made for a digital medium um i just don't know if i need it on this and i need another one but i guess i do um I'll have to check Check it out. out Yeah, I will. Um, so let's talk a little bit. I mean, also we got payday two coming in the fall. We got monopoly. Who's not excited about monopoly. (laughs) (laughs) Boo is right. Uh, I, Chris Kohler had a great tweet that I retweeted, uh, after the direct, he said, um, if you have time in your press conference to highlight monopoly, you don't have enough games for your console. And I kind of think that's true. I mean, people like monopoly and they're shooting at families but woof woof um let's talk a little bit about this before i move on to the details about the big games uh christian sounds like you don't think there's enough switch stuff as a as a switch owner so
1: i was a guest on aldrendo how does he mash it up aldrendo power um that came out this last friday um it's fun. It's all Nintendo show. So we, we kind of got into this um, about it in general. And I think for the average owner, there there honestly is plenty. It's like when you get stuck on this show or you, you fall into, you know, the internet hype train and stuff like that, there's not enough because there's so many other games coming out. Like, oh, dude, you're not playing Call of Duty. You're missing out. Like legitimately for the average human being that has a life and isn't covering video games. Uh, for a living or trying to, there's plenty, right? I mean, there's still Zelda, Mario Kart's a big game, Splatoon's gonna be a big game, there is plenty. But in terms of comparing the releases for this compared to Xbox One, PC, or PlayStation 4, yeah, it's anemic, right? Like, there, there's not enough and there's not those big, huge... You know, splashy announcement games that are going to be selling millions and millions and millions, and and uh, getting everybody, you know, all the kids in the streets talking about them. That's where the lineup is lacking, in my opinion.
0: What about them amiibos? You're you're all about those amiibos. There's there's a whole grip of amiibos coming at you. Are you gonna keep amiiboing, Christian?
1: No, I've, I've broken my amiibo addiction, luckily. Um, I'm sure I'll buy a few more, but I feel like their sculpts are getting a little better with some of the Zelda inspired amiibo. But because of that, and I think because like Nathan said, you know, they, they're trying to, or I forget, it was one of you, like the, the kid or the family friendliness of it. They put all these extra supports on the amiibo that really just ruins, like they'll have like Link in a cool, you know, jump airborne pose, and then I'll have five huge, Clear plastic blocks hold. It's like he translucent used the, uh,
0: canes that he's wearing.
1: It's like yeah. he, so he used the ice rune in uh Breath of the Wild or whatever. Right. It, re- it really kills them for me. But I'm, that being said, yes, I am likely going to buy more. So arms. Let's
0: talk about arms because uh, I, you know, when arms was first announced, I was really skeptical about that title. But I think they showcased a little more of the game and and highlighted the fact that you're able to mix and match your arms with your, with your character. So there's a whole bunch of characters to to choose from. Each of them has two arms. Obviously people have two arms and you can uh, mix and match. You don't have to have matching sets of two arms. You can have one arm that does fire damage and one arm that does, you know, shock damage. Uh, and then the type of arm that they are like, whether they're a noodle or a ribbon or whatever they are, uh, dragon face, uh, I thought that was kind of neat. I think it's a, a cool idea to have a fighting game with that kind of flexibility and um, you, you, to be able – that. it seems like there's going to be a level of strategy there that maybe competitive players will find that will be compelling and interesting. Um, Nathan, are you a Switch owner? Are you excited about any of this stuff? Uh, I am a Switch owner. Uh, I can't say I'm
2: super excited, but honestly, I bought it with the promise that eventually Nintendo will put out first-party games I'm excited about, but I always knew this going into buying their systems. You get one really cool game right off the bat, and then there's a bit of a slog until you get another big high-profile game, but, I mean, same as it ever was for me since the GameCube, I feel like this has been sort of their... They immediately throw out something really awesome and system-selling like a Zelda, and then there's a better part of a year before there's something that's really like super desirable that comes out. But there's a lot of like, like Christian said, there's a lot of okay games on here. If this was your primary game system, then you, there's more than enough to play. But when it's competing for your time across multiple platforms, and then you have like movies and TV shows and comics and all this other stuff you want to consume, it makes this seem a little bit more depressing when you look at it in that respect. But there's plenty of, okay-ish to perfectly find games on this list i'm i'm gonna buy arms like you said it looks fun and cute but i just don't know if anything on here would have would have pushed me over the edge if i wasn't already kind of a a sucker for buying a new gadget and wanting to just have the thing as a toy and know? zelda sure i'm, I'm not in love as in love with that game as a lot of other people though i know it's heresy to say but um I bought it because I just liked the idea of it and I wanted to see what they did differently, but it's not the game. I, I, I bought it because I wanted a Switch. Right. <laughs> the games kind of were, were superfluous. So this is fine. This is Nintendo year one and I expected this. Um, but hopefully by the holiday, they'll have something cool to uh, announce
0: at E3 coming out the holidays or something. I like OK-ish to perfectly fine. I think that's a good <laughs> – That is their should be their slogan. The Nintendo Switch. Our games are OK-ish to perfectly fine.
3: Uh, yeah but zelda <laughs> yeah but zelda sure.
0: um christian uh you mocked me for my new enthusiasm <laughs> for arms <laughs> and i think yeah. i think it actually looks cool now it really looks cool i is it still a game that i'm you know that i would buy a console for no but i think th- at least it there's some interesting uh, innovation there it, it really i've never seen a fighting game where the characters themselves are so um, modular. I think that's cool.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I don't want to make this a larger... So for one, take off your headphones real quick. They're off? Good. Hey, audience, because if Jeff could hear this, then he'd do it just to spite me. But since he can't hear this, just know There's no way Jeff plays more than 30 minutes of this game. If he buys it using his own, own money, I will let him slap me in the face And then if he plays it for more than 30 minutes, not just to spite me to actually play it, but he enjoys it and he picks playing this game over anything else, he can punch me in the stomach. There's no way it's going to happen. Jeff is not going to enjoy this game. He might play it for a little bit and talk about how rad it is. But what he's saying is not how good he thinks the game is. He's talking about its positive virtues for listeners that might otherwise be interested in the game instead of talking about how you shouldn't spend your time or money playing it compared to the other games that are drawing on your attention because they are better spent that way jeff can put his headphones back on now and i can tell him what i think um those are a lot of caveats
0: wow <laughs> i don't i didn't hear any of that because i had my headphones off
1: but good good
0: good uh <laughs> but let me just
1: say <laughs> hypothetically just based on what you imagined i would have said at that. it's point.
0: possible to look at a game and think it looks cool and know it's not for you right it's okay to it's okay to look at a game and go, "Wow, that I I appreciate that that is cool for people that are into that."
1: The difference is when you tweet out like, "Oh man, this looks cool." You're not saying, "This looks cool for people that are into it. I personally think it's garbage." I don't it,
0: personally it, it, think it's garbage. I think that there's a there's a potential for it to win me over now. Uh, there's a do I want to try it? Yeah, I want to try it. Will it win me over? That remains to be seen, but I now the I way it wins to, you over it is halfway through Go
1: ahead. Sorry. Halfway Go through ahead. A what? You're gonna if halfway through a round of arms like Hearthstone appears and then halfway through that Heroes appears like the game's not gonna win you over. You know what the game is. You're flailing your arms wildly in your room or you're using a, a controller to play a modern revamp version of Punch Out that has a little bit uh, perhaps more strategy to it and cool art design and graphics. But no part of this game is gonna be like this is the eSport that hooked me. You...
0: <laughs> Come on. I do not play Super Smash Brothers. I do not play that game. I don't care about it. I'm bad at it. I don't think, I don't think knocking somebody off a ledge is particularly a fun thing I want to do. I follow the heck out of Super Smash Bros. I was watching that video this week of the, the dude that won in the last second. Amazing. I love knowing what characters are going to be in Super Smash Bros. I love knowing what stages. I follow that. I think it's super cool that they make a game like that where all of the Nintendo characters are fighting each other. I think that's awesome. If if there's a, a – if Nintendo announces an awesome character in Super Smash Brothers, I go, oh, that's awesome. Do I want to play that game? No. But you know how I know I don't want to play that game? Because I played that game.
1: That's I'm awesome. a big proponent of try it. If you listen to my new stand-up album, you know I encourage everyone to try it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of podcasts where the hosts fight and they try to knock each other off a ledge. Now that's the game.
0: <laughs> I don't understand why we do this entire show standing on ledges. <laughs> weird it was a weird decision it was a weird decision at the start but now we're into it and we're pot committed and I don't know how to stop it
1: so I'll say this before I, I, I pitched to Nathan to get his, his his take on it I, I think Nathan's already left he, he doesn't want to be part of this anymore. <laughs> He couldn't hang on the ledge for long. Guys, his, please fight! Please quit fighting. His stamina wore out, and he was like, "Oh, and it started raining. I'm never going to hold on to this ledge." Yeah, I do the down B button thing with
2: Kirby on Smash Brothers, so I just hunker down and hopefully everyone else kills each other.
0: <laughs> just wait for it to end. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I, I think there is a maybe it's just me, and I'm I'm reading into things. But I think there's a perceived disconnect, and sometimes how individuals talk about something to their audience. That comes that that is misleading. And I think there's a difference between being excited about like, I, I think it's cool that more Overwatch characters are being added to Heroes of the Storm. But the way I would express that I would hope is never misleading people into saying, I'm going to be spending time with Heroes of the Storm now. What? Why are you accusing me of misleading people? That's what. That's what. I didn't. Me. I generalized my statement before I made that last one. Oh, can sweet. I, can, I,
3: can
2: I, as a long-term listener, can I, can I, can I give a slightly different perspective? Please.
1: No. Uh, I,
2: I, okay. Well, it was nice knowing you guys. You. Um, I will say that I listening to the show since I think when you guys first started. I do think that that um, Jeff, you tend to approach things from like a am really excited about this as a concept and that it's out there for people who will like it. I never feel like you misrepresent your active enthusiasm rather than just an appreciation for something cool being out there for the, in the world for people who will like it. I I don't ever feel like I've been misled about how much you're actually going to want to play a game. If you're just sort of like, Oh, that's, I'm stoked. This exists on in concept, you know, that's, that's always been at least from
0: my perspective, but I appreciate that. Do you want to be a permanent co-host on my show? (laughs)
2: <laughs> the, it's, is it the no the no christians club yes we only
0: allow one and that's not the one in the room
2: right now <laughs> yeah
3: oh yeah.
0: that's uh dlc stands for don't allow christian <laughs> <laughs> um all right moving on i do want to mention also um, despite all of our you know uh, tepid applause for for switch Switch is selling like gangbusters, guys. Uh, Fastest-selling Nintendo console of all time. Of course, asterisk down at the bottom of the page, you realize uh, Nintendo hasn't really ever been able to provide as many consoles as people want ever before. So um, I guess that speaks more to their supply of these, uh, which is great. I mean, kudos to them for getting some into the channel and getting them out there. So it looks like they sold – uh, Nine hundred six thousand units in the United States in March, which is faster than any Nintendo console. It doesn't match the Xbox One or PlayStation Four sales of their first month, but right in the wheelhouse, right in that same kind of uh, million area. Um, although PS Four sold two million. Um, the interesting tidbit: the reason I really bring this up is because a Breath of the Wild*. <clears throat> excuse me, *Breath of the Wild* on Wii sold four hundred sixty thousand units on Wii U. And on Switch, sold nine hundred twenty-five thousand units. So, if you remember from mere moments ago when I sold, when I said uh, Switch sold nine hundred six thousand units, more units of Breath of the Wild have sold for Switch than there are Switches. Oh yeah,
1: you I keep can play that.
3: that.
1: Got to keep that collector's edition boxed, and then you play the regular edition.
0: I guess there.
2: Hey, I worked in games retail for the better part of a decade. I knew people who would buy a game for a system they didn't own yet and just sort of have it in their room and look at it and be like, "One day the thing that you that can play you will be mine." <laughs> so I
0: suspect that's a part uh, that's a factor here. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. Uh, I guess. I guess that's that's the case. Um, I, I thought maybe it was because people bought one to lick and one to own. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's move on. Uh, we got lots of good games to talk about as well. Uh, I do want to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. You've heard me talk about Squarespace. If you listen to this show, you know it is the best way to start any kind of website or online presence. And if you're looking to make your next move, make your next move with Squarespace because Squarespace – Provides the ability to create beautiful websites, get unique domain names and create something that is really your own online and that looks great and is easy to create. You start with beautiful, award-winning designer templates, and then you start messing with it. You start moving stuff around, and it's all so easy. You don't have to know HTML. You All you have to do is just drag and drop stuff, just to play, really. And all of their tools are free to play with. You can jump onto Squarespace.com. Go to Squarespace.com slash DLC, and start making a website. Start seeing if the website that you imagine for your next step, your next move uh, is, is, uh, easy to make. You'll find that you can create exactly what's in your head so quickly, so easily. And you don't have to put down any kind of credit card. There's not going to be any auto charge. All you got to do is go to squarespace.com slash DLC, start playing and create the website. And then once you've got it how you like it, you will be able to buy it at that point, not before, which I think is, is a big deal. You'll also get award winning 24 7 customer service. You can get uh, a wide range of, of people there to help you, to assist you at any, any time. And if you want to go ahead and buy your service and you use our promo code, which is Jeff Sent Me, all one word, J E F F S E N T M E, you'll get 10% off. And if you buy a year, you get a free domain name. That's pretty good. So make your next move with Squarespace. Show that they, that you appreciate that they support our show by going to squarespace.com slash D L C and using our promo code. Jeff sent me. this
3: week? Tell us, Ooh, what you playing this week? Tell us on the playlist.
0: Oh, <sighs> playlist. My favorite, my favorite place. Uh, been playing a lot of stuff this week. Nathan, what have you been playing um, it looks like Persona 5 is on your list. Oh, yes. Lots of Persona 5.
2: <laughs> that game, I am so terrified of the amount of time I'm going to lose to it, because I just know from Persona 4 that, like, wow. oh, my God, it's so long. But it's so good, though. It's, like, e- <sighs> everything. Looking at menus is cool. Like, running around dungeons is cool. Going and hanging out with people in high school is cool. Buying things out of a vending machine. Everything about it is just cool. I can't stop looking at stuff in that game.
0: I want to love it. I want to love it as much as you do. I just I just haven't. I find myself with time to, to devote to gaming, and uh, I have Persona
1: 5 in my PS4, and I go... Time to play ARMS. Yeah. <laughs> time
0: to play If only
1: ARMS was out right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the
2: thing about... what well, I, mean, I think that sort of touches on what you guys were talking about earlier is just that the amount of time that you have to dedicate to one game... Makes things like Persona Five hard a hard proposition for a lot of people. Um, when you're yeah. wanting to be kind of up on what's going on in the games community, it's hard to be like, I'm going to play this 120 hour game that probably will take eight to ten hours to even get started. You know, it's not the easiest proposition, but like, I just can't. For, as a awful, unrepentant. Uh, otaku, I can't help it. Persona is so stylish and cool. Uh, I know I'm probably going to quit midway through like I do with other JRPGs, but I'm enjoying the ride so far.
0: And it seems like, you know, when when usually when you hear a game is 120 hours, it's like, well, if you do all the side quests and stuff. But Persona 5 really seems like, nope, that's how long it's going to take.
2: The previous one was about 80-ish hours, I believe. Uh, me just mainlining the, the main quest instead of doing all the ancillary stuff. So it's just, it's a... It's a beast.
0: So Christian, last week, you chastised me for not loving it as much as you. And yet, I don't see Persona 5 on your playlist this week.
1: I've played Persona 5. I don't have anything else new to report on it. I put down two games that I would want to spend time talking about. And Ah. I saw that you and uh, Nathan already had Persona 5. For me, and I forget who tweeted it, my addition to this conversation. I think Carboni, I saw him retweet it. But I forget whose original thought it was. The biggest shift for me, it, it, and it's weird, but I'm so used to playing Persona on Evita that I find myself not playing Persona 5 as much as I would if like give me a Switch version of this game. I don't know if the Switch can run it, but like Persona 4 Golden just made the game the game a handheld game to me and being able to pick it up while going to the bathroom or just sitting in the bed or wherever and now the fact that it, it it's weird when i first sat down it's like yeah this is great oh man i'm gonna play the whole thing on my big beautiful tv this is how persona was meant to be played it's so stylish and then i find myself with just like 20 minutes here or there where i could like hang out with my quote-unquote friends in persona but like the laziness that I, i'm like oh do i really want to turn on my tv <laughs> Like, oh, turning on the system takes so... And I know, it's a total lame excuse, but it seems uh, I I loved it as a handheld game so much that I find myself playing it a little less than I would if I think it was on the Switch. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Well, um, Nathan, also on your playlist are two games that I have not played. I'm dying to start near Automata. uh, And and Night in the Woods is another one that... um, Everybody has recommended to me. So whichever one of those you want to start with, I, I'm very excited to hear you talk about both of them. Sure.
2: Uh, actually, Night in the Woods is probably the most fresh in my mind, and I think it's a little easier to explain why it's, it's great. Um, for those who are unfamiliar, it's kind of like a 2D platformy, but mostly it's like an adventure narrative game uh, where you play as this college dropout girl who's a cat named May who has to go b- move back in with her parents in the small town she grew up in. And the whole story is this sort of you, you know, I don't know if anybody else has had this experience of of coming back to visit your hometown after you went to school or lived abroad yeah. and realizing how different everything is there. Mm-hmm. But this game captures that experience of just not having a schedule and just sort of wandering around and meeting up with people you used to know and seeing how different the town is and catching up with your family and just the kind of quiet moments that I don't feel like a lot of games are really good at capturing. This game is amazing at that. Hmm. Um, th- there's a mystery plot that's sort of building over time, but the, the real thing it does really, really well is just make me feel like I'm actually living in this person's sort of uh, experience of visiting home and, and sort of catching up with people that they haven't heard from in a while. And
0: just sort of like, it feels so authentic. And I, and I think that's really hard to find. It's really interesting to me as, as somebody that works for Telltale. Uh, it I think this is kind of doing similar things to what you guys are doing, right? It's a lot of dialogue, it's a lot of um, storytelling, but storytelling through character. And it's interesting to me that you admire it. It's it's sort of like Brothers in Arms a bit, eh? No?
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of different because like with our games, I mean, they're both kind of cut from the same adventure game slash visual novel cloth. But um, whereas our games ex- excel at creating character conflicts and letting the player sort of choose. Out of all these really tough decisions, how how things are going to play out? Nine in the woods is a lot more guided, but it still feels like um, you're able to kind of bond with these characters. And there are paths where you can choose to hang out with this character or that character. The the big act one uh, conflict is going to a, a, a what do you call it? Those big bonfire um, and getting wasted and meeting up with a guy that the main character went out with in high school and dealing with the awkwardness of that like that's the big dramatic moment of that story at the beginning and i think that's kind of beautiful because a lot of video games artists uh, included tend to focus on these bigger more dramatic storylines and And i really love the idea of this this feels like a slice of life drama the uh, turned into a video game and i just think that's I, I really admire being able to do small scale stories about people you know Yes. outside of the walking dead i feel like that was the closest we got to like really small scale interpersonal drama versus so bigger stake stuff yeah
0: do you guys uh, I, I mean i don't know if you know if you can tell me this but do you do you guys kind of sit around and fantasize about what franchises you can play play with is that is there like a list of like if we could get the rights to x we would really kick, you know, knock that out of the park.
2: I feel like that conversation happens every day of our lives. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> not to, right? Like, it's just, it's so enticing to get to work. But that said, we do get to work with properties and, and, and IP that I don't think we ever could have imagined four or five years ago, you know. I don't think a Guardians or a Batman game uh, would have been something we could have ever dreamed of um, prior to The Walking Dead sort of, like, creating these new awesome opportunities. So, I mean, yeah. that that's a different... That's a different, interesting skill set to work within an established universe and create compelling narrative within that world. But like, part I I think there's there's two minds. People, some people really want to work with more established properties and see flex their creative muscle there. And then you have games like Nine in the Woods, which is doing its own interesting, weird thing that I don't think you could necessarily do within a bigger, you know, established property. This is such a quiet, personal authentic story of night in the woods. And I really love, I mean, I want, I got a shout out to the two main guys that made it Alec Hall. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. And Scott Benson of infinite fall. They, they got this game kickstarted and back in 2013 and they really put their all into it. There's so much, so many little details in the world, um, even down to like, going around and looking at, like, ads on walls and getting commentary from that. There's there's a whole scene where you go and hang out in an abandoned grocery store and just destroy shit because you're just a, a delinquent who dropped out of college and you're just <laughs> kind of, like, aimless and frustrated. Like, you just don't see that in games now a, a lot of times nowadays. I don't think, sort of, like, Life is Strange, I think did a good job of yeah. capturing aimless the aimlessness of youth, you know, and, and I just really, really like the kind of uh,
0: sensibility this game has. So great. I, I got to make time for that game. I've heard it's a very special experience and people have talked about the fact that the game made them cry and it's it's yeah. like, you know, really a, a beautiful piece. And
2: it, it reminds me of Scott Pilgrim where you, it's so goofy and silly and youth focused. And then you have moments where you're just like, whoa, uh, man, I did not expect it to get that real, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another game I need to make time for is Near. I, I really, really want to play this. Um, are you, are you as enthusiastic as others I've heard about it? It's it's beautifully weird. <laughs> I will say that much. Like I am fascinated by anything
2: that that guy makes. He he, uh, the creative director of it made Drakengard one, two, one and three, mm-hmm. and then he did Near, now Near Automata, and they are so. I mean, I feel like there's a plot twist every 20 minutes, like a big revelatory, world changing plot twist. <laughs> like, you're constantly getting bombarded by weird stuff that happens, and constantly wondering where this is going but it's just so expertly done both from a world building standpoint. And also they got platinum games to come in and and handle the mechanics of the game. So it actually feels like a good satisfying character action game. Um, so it marries the guy's creative vision with more competently done gameplay, which I think is really interesting.
1: And I don't want to, like you said, there are a lot of twists not to give anything away in terms of the, the narrative, but well, it's a small thing, but whatever. Um, talk about we you know for star wars talking about an interesting role for the protagonist to take your protagonist anir takes several (laughs) interesting roles throughout throughout her journey where you you're i don't know it's interesting the the moral ambiguity in a game that at times is just slash slash, kick 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 slash slash slash." and then sometimes you just think oh man life is dark (laughs) it's 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 really fascinating
2: yeah, and it gets into like a lot of heady sci-fi philosophical issues too. I mean, the the fact that there are androids who are kind of like working—it's sort of like a dark anime version of Wall-E, where they're having to like, <laughs> go and clean up this the mess that we left on Earth. But then it starts getting into like the the philosophical underpinnings of like having AI and whether or not it's actually life worth respecting, and do these people do these creatures have rights at that point? And just the the it, it get, it's it's like part. Wally part uh, Westworld and all anime crazy, but in a really interesting, sincere way. I I really respect how, when things get serious, they don't pull punches. They don't go, uh huh. What is this crazy? They're like, no, let's talk about this for a second, and then we'll get back to the crazy.
1: And it's on PC now, Jeff. I don't know how expensive it
0: is, but I know uh, I, it's I'm on definitely PC. tempted to get it on PC. I've heard it has some weird issues on PC that haven't been patched, but I'm maybe maybe they have been patched by now. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I've heard some of the stuff. I think some of the stuff is like the cutscenes are still locked at 30, but everything else you can kind of get going. I know Why it are those
0: weird the, resolution things that yeah, having.
1: the smoothest of launches for them, but yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, I may be uh I may be actually getting it through our, our
1: second sponsor, which we'll get to.
3: Dang. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um what is on your playlist,
1: Christian? Overwatch Uprising, the mm-hmm. new P V E campaign uh that that is is, uh, on motion. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to call it. Event, um map thing. Yeah, map. <laughs>
0: um half an hour <laughs> of content
1: <laughs> thing that I want to play just so I can get that Reinhardt skin because ooh, it's good. We played it. We did. Um, I I really enjoy it. It's a it's a simple, you know, um, four against the environment campaign or event map where you disarm some nodes and then escort a payload to a certain place and then defeat four enemies. And there are, I think, in, for me in in it, there are two main tough kind of choke points. And when we played, I've only played it on normal because I'm not the best Overwatch player. But when we played it, Jeff, we, we streamed it on caffeine when we played and you were making, you were the, the snide commenter, uh, the whole, like, oh, I guess I'll go back to playing heroes, a game that requires strategy and, uh, whatever, oh, whatever. I was just
0: yanking your chain, man, because you, I was you, playing Roadhog, what? No.
1: Yep, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Um, but I think to your credit, you were playing Mercy and we played and we uh we played a jp as well and then one random we had a really good team like again we we're playing on normal so not the uh, crazy uh super intense difficulty or anything like that but we played well together you were a good mercy you knew your role and you were making jokes like i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what's happening you're not supposed to know what's happening you're supposed to know who needs health and you're supposed to give them help <laughs> well i just supposed uh, to what buff i was him hoping before i hadn't played
0: i mean I kind of fell out of Overwatch. You know, I played it a little bit and it's just, again, an example of what we talked about before. I admire that game. I think it's an amazing game and I love fo- following the developments of Overwatch, the new heroes, et cetera. I understand that I am not a first-person shooter multiplayer guy. It's just I'm not going to put in the time to get good. And um, I kind of had fallen off of, of active playing of it for a long time. So I never even played the Halloween like PVE content. So I had these high hopes that they were actually kind of moving toward some sort of narrative, campaign-esque, like in small chunks, which I guess they're kind of doing, but it That's really- That's what we all want, though. It yeah, didn't th- feel like that.
1: No, I mean, it's definitely one map and just just one thing, and you run it over and over and over again, and it be, you know becomes uh, repetitive very quickly. But I, even, I maybe,
0: even the first time you run it, it's not like you're getting these big story beats. It's not like- I mean I guess you kind of are if you really pay attention but I don't you know you get
1: the story beat in the animated sequence in the beginning and then you'll get some dialogue that just it further adds characterization to these characters that for most of the people playing they know and love you know it, it, the web comics and then the dialogue and the intro introduction animations for each of the characters and it continues to build the world that way I agree with you though that I, I it's it's hard because that's not the game they sold us, right? When Overwatch came out, it was just this multiplayer game, you know, very simple with these really cool, colorful characters that has a feeling of personality. But at the end of the day, it's just a, a heroes-based first-person shooter uh, multiplayer game. But because I think the characters and and the, the art style and the art direction – Really pull people in that there is such a community that wants even more and more and more. So you get these PVE events, and instead of just being like, "Hey, there's this cool free thing that that is being given to me that was in no way promised or part of the transaction when I purchased this game," you kind of see what it is, and you just think, "Oh." I wish I – oh, man, now imagine if there were five more maps and it rotated through. And what if it told a story? What if it was an eight-hour campaign? (laughs) It's like you want and you want, you want, you want. And at the end of the day, you realize the game I bought and paid for is still there and still incredible. And this is just this other thing that uh, is a nice diversion for an afternoon or however long you want it to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just – I kind of was – had a little fantasy of it being the thing that brought me back into the game and made me love it. And it it it, it's fine. It's
1: fine. But it's it's not that. It won't be until you get that Reinhardt skin. Then it's like, watch out, world. Every game. Watch out, world. Reinhardt's great because you get to see it. When he's in the shield, you get to see his skin, which is great because I have the Halloween um, uh, Michael Jackson thriller skin for Hero 76, but I only get to see that at the end in the beginning. So it's like, yeah, it's cool, but Reinhardt, come on.
0: He's got that sweet stash, bro. (laughs) Um,. I didn't, you know, I didn't even mention in the story of the week because I figured you guys didn't want to hear about it, but massive, uh, here's the storm news this morning. Uh, in, f- in fact, they're, they're introducing their first Overwatch map. Genji is going to be the next hero and they have, uh, what's his, what's his home world called, uh, because an H, Haman, Hamanura or something like that? Hamanuma? Hanamura. Hanamura. Um, it looks awesome. Guys, it looks so awesome. Oh my gosh. You have to escort payloads in the game. Like that they brought that idea into the game. You escort a payload to win and there's all these new mechanics. It's it's very cool. Uh so, so
1: but, this shows over. Do we have what is that updated now? Is it live? Okay, thanks. Jeff, Nathan and I got it from you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I wish. It's it's in the it's in the PTR right now. You can play it in the beta. Uh but you want to talk about Zelda. You've been playing more Zelda.
1: I yeah, I mean so, I I really love and appreciate... This is the, you know, whatever. uh Love and appreciate what Zelda's doing. I just can't shake, and this is on me. This is me. I, I feel like I keep playing it wrong. I look at other people and the hours they've put in, and then I see like their little stats and all their things they have, and I have none of those things. I haven't defeated a single beast yet. I've gone after a couple of them, and then I get to the area, and I, it doesn't you seem like I into can... into
0: flames or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't seem <laughs>
1: like I can get there. And then I'll go and cook for you know, four hours or whatever it is to try to get everything ready. And then people are like, Oh, well, you, I can't believe you don't have this armory." And I'm like, where will you get it from the, the I'm making stuff up that the, the Tihi village. And you got to talk to Ralph over on the Baja swamp. And I pull up my map. I don't even have the Baja. I don't know where the Baja swamp it. Like the I either, first thing you do is you got to do
0: towers, baby. You got to do towers and you got to do shrines. And, and just as you're doing towers and shrines, you just like go where your curiosity takes you. And, and that's all I'm doing. Well, then
1: you're doing it Right i i guess i'm having the the problem that i run into and this is me and how i'm conditioned as a gamer is like i i then like you'll get a hint about something else and i'm like oh that does sound cool i'm gonna go do that and then i get there and like the enemies are too tough or the environment is just killing me or don't draining
0: go do a thing don't do it <laughs> don't do anything on purpose in zelda just do what what is over the horizon what do you what catches your eye try that and and don't set out to do anything <laughs> <laughs> that's my and that's, that's my how life. I've
1: been playing it. I just feel like I'm, which is fine. Again, it's my condition of like and I talked about this years ago and we can confirmed about you know wanting to beat a game or make progress in a game. Where I guess I'm making progress by you know completing shrines, but at the end of the day, that's not real progress because you can beat the game without updating your hearts or stamina. So I I feel like it's purely playing it to play it, which is this yes. weird disconnect for how I typically play games. The good news is my daughter loves it, so we kind of just sit and played and we kind of just do nothing because she's like, I want to play. And I'm like, great. And then, and then she goes and wanders for a little bit. And I, I, I try to help out. I just like, the more I play it, I I think I'm just coming to more and more terms that I, I don't think I'll ever beat it, which kind of makes me sad because.
0: The biggest gift that Nintendo has given to all of us is not putting out any other worthwhile games on their system. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just leave it on that. Just press, press any button three times to get back into Zelda and keep playing it. And that's it's 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 just gonna be there. It's your constant friend. And the fact that it's like I literally have it plugged in next to my bed so that when I go to bed, it's like, oh I'm putting a about forty five minutes of Zelda action. It's just it's it's more like um it's a sippin' tea is what it is.
1: And that's how I play it until I, I see um people online or my Twitter feed that had, had, do these cool things and I'm like I wanna it's, no, it's so it's you're weird. never gonna I'm do cool it.
0: things, Christian. You're not you're not you're not gonna do cool things. I, i've I'm, accepted
1: I'm that i've
0: watched people do very cool things in that game i'm not going to do cool things i'm gonna <laughs> i'm not going to do cool things
1: yeah um, it's it's really hard man so i feel like I'm maybe bouncing and also this is the last admission i have to make it, maybe this makes me the devil but if it was five dollars and it would mark every shrine on my map i probably would have paid that by now <laughs> and that, that's that's sad but that's i probably cool. would have i probably would have bought Everything like the e- special all, about the game cards. yeah
0: uh nathan i want to know why you don't why you haven't drunk the Kool Aid on this one? Why, why? What is um? What are your issues with Zelda?
2: Really, it's just the my 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 current schedule uh, makes it really hard to dive into any long term. I don't know. I say that having just said I love Persona, right? I'm a <laughs> Twenty hour game, but like I just feel like it t- I spend so much time uh in that open world trying to get to the cool thing I want to see, and I don't enjoy the trek to it as much as I would like. Uh, Especially the combat, I do not care for the breaking weapons thing. It makes it, I feel like it interrupts the flow of like doing the combat in a way that would be satisfying to me. So I just, I end up running a lot of times if they're not essential enemies. So a lot of what I'm doing is slogging through content I don't like or don't care about to get to the cool thing. I would have honestly paid for an extra $80 edition that let me bypass all of that crap and fast travel immediately to the dungeons because I feel like that's where I enjoy the game. Hmm. Is the, the crazy puzzles and the interesting enemies you encounter there. The curated stuff, not the open world sort of emergent content. You basically want was. old Zelda. <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly I would just I well that's why I love Darksiders, because it's basically old Zelda but with a better combo system. <laughs> no, I, agree I think that's with you. what I that's what I would want from a Zelda game. I, I appreciate all the advances that they I mean, cause they took some pretty big risks with this game. I respect it. I don't necessarily enjoy it personally as much as I would like.
0: It's interesting. It's interesting. I, first of all, I will want to totally agree with you that darksiders is woefully underrated. That game should be in held in high regard by everybody. And I don't understand why it isn't. Today um, is the
2: last day of the THQ Nordic uh, humble bundle, by the way, you can give both games for like stupid cheap on yeah. PlayStation, I believe. So anybody who hasn't played them, Check it out because those games there's still a chance we could get a third one if
0: uh, they're so if we good know that we're interested the first one is truly Zelda. the second one is Zelda plus loot it's got like mm-hmm. randomized loot drops it's it's such a cool concept to bring in I mean, I guess they kind of did that with this Zelda too um but it, it's a, this is an interesting idea, and I want to take a second and and kind of talk about it a little deeper because. <sighs> There, there's a there is a part of me that appreciates the old Zelda template and likes loved that progression. Loved knowing exactly what I needed to do at any given time and didn't ever feel adrift in those games. Even you know they had open world esque you know hub areas, but. You knew you needed to go get the boots before you could do the thing, or you needed to get the boomerang before you could go to the next thing. And each, te- each, uh, dungeon that you went into was this self-contained, awesome, giant puzzle, and it felt very satisfying to, to solve all of them. And I guess, you know, we've gotten what a half, half dozen, dozen of those games and they're out there and they're not going away. You could go, you know, play them on your DS or whatever, but and the, and I, too, totally appreciate the crazy innovation that they brought to bear on this and the way Zelda has morphed into this thing that I think is going to affect video games in general forever. Like, this game is doing stuff that is important. But I, I also am not ravenously digesting this Zelda like I did with... Uh, a link between worlds like that game. I played it all the time every day until I finished it because it was this progression that kept me going. And exactly what I kind of was talking about with Christian is the way I play this game is I don't set out to do anything. I just pick it up and I go where I go. And usually I find something interesting along the way and I end up doing cool stuff and God help me. If I don't remember to save and I die that's the heartbreak of all heartbreaks. I just – the one thing about this game is you have to save all the time. Save because you could die at any moment, um, which I did the other day, and I uh, lost like two hours of game time. It was so ridiculous. Um, but I, I really am playing this game in a different kind of way, and it's – I don't know if it's a better way. I really am struggling to determine whether or not that's better. And I mean, it sounds like, Nathan, you've determined it's not better. What, what is your
3: stance? Well, on it's just
0: not for me. I, honestly,
2: I don't think there's anything wrong. It's, it always reminds me of when people talk about like the Oscar nominees um, where I'm like, okay, well, I can appreciate this film. I understand its technical merits. I understand why it's important, but I feel like your personal experience with a piece of media is entirely, almost entirely divorced from that line of thinking. If you're not enjoying it, if you don't actually enjoy the moment to moment Mechanics of this game, or, or you find the frustrating elements of like the save, the lack of like auto save or anything like that. And if that's a deal breaker, if that's a deal breaker, there's no shame in that. I, yeah. I plenty of games that I I will play for an hour or two to understand what people are talking about, and just go, you know what, I that's interesting. I it's not for me, but I'm I'm really glad that this exists because that kind of divergence, that kind of innovation needs to happen. Zelda needed this this. Uh, this push forward, but it wasn't necessarily the push I prefer from, for the experience myself. But then again, like I, there's no, I think people just get so emotionally worked up about this stuff, both positively and negatively. You know, people get tired of hearing the hype quote unquote, and just are way harder on it and say, Oh, without a doubt, it's not that great. I don't know what people are talking about. Mm -hmm. They're just as foolish as the people who are just saying it's the perfect game and all video games forever are changed forever and ever. Like, I don't know if that's, it's too early to say that. I, 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 don't, I think nobody said that about, about uh, like the Elder Scrolls games, but they clearly have been probably, and will probably end up being a bigger impact on game design for years to come compared to this. We don't know yet. Well,
0: so. it certainly seems the Elder Scrolls games did influence this. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's very, exactly. there, there's, there's DNA of Elder Scrolls in this Zelda, so I yeah. can't imagine that that didn't have some effect. Yeah. Um, Christian, you want to weigh in on this at all?
3: it's
1: it's it's it I think it is me and and maybe we are of you know cut from the same cloth it's just I I I oscillate between loving it and just wandering and exploring and finding something back to this is meaningless like oh great I found another or whatever they're called called rock seed well, who cares like oh it expands my inventory but you don't need that like I think because the the way that the game is open and you can do anything almost any way doing the things along the way become meaningless because you're not actually a, a quote-unquote achieving something so i personally have found joy in the shrines because i like those puzzles it's kind of like a you know a portal level where the the joy is in solving it not necessarily getting the orb at the end that allows me to expand my hearts i think i actually might be sitting on 12 orbs right now because i'm just who cares like at the end of the day right oh maybe i can bulk up my endurance a little bit, but I have so many potions that help me climb anyway that I don't need any of that. So there's this weird disconnect for me where this game isn't scratching the same progression itch the way um, other other either narrative-based games or even more open games like Infamous Second Son, let's say, which I saw on my Facebook feed as from three years ago when I did a sweet behind-the-back explosion of two helicopters, where like as you unlocked your powers, there was a reason for it because it, it was, again, more along the lines of the traditional Zelda. Now I have quick run. I can get up to this thing that I couldn't get to before. Let's go have fun with that. Yeah. So I'm up to my time. I love watching the videos of, of people solving puzzles and, cre- you know, using metal weapons to create an electricity bridge to do this thing. Like, I love all of that stuff, but kind of the find your fun part of it isn't as much for me. I'm more on your side, I think.
0: All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on now. I do want to thank our second sponsor. Uh, this is a new sponsor, in fact, uh, Gamefly. And Gamefly, Christian, you have been using Gamefly for years now, right, to, to basically do this show
1: yeah gamefly i don't know uh how you guys get through (laughs) game releases but gamefly is has been a a lifesaver i I vary my subscription up to i think the most i've ever done is four games at once and then i keep it at a baseline of two and it it, it's i mean it's kind of I'm not even doing an ad. I'm just saying I really enjoy the service. (laughs) I live in Los Angeles. I get good turnaround on games. I'm able to save money. I'm literally able to keep up with games for this show because of it. And I don't know another way that works, you know, if if you're trying to buy and rent all of your games without... Without it. <laughs> like, I, I, it's a crutch for me in a big, big way.
0: Yeah. You, you save money and you play more games, which is, I think, what we all are trying to do. If, you know, you want to play everything, but you can't afford everything. Gamefly is the online rental service that lets you play, basically play everything. Uh, they have over 9,000 titles to choose from. You can try, even if you want to buy games, you can try them before you buy them, which is also a nice thing. And you never have to worry about late fees. Because there's no late fees. It's not like, well, you you keep the game as long as you want to play it, play it until you finish it, or just you know keep keep on keeping on. Uh, and also, you can cancel anytime. There's no none of those services which are so annoying where they get you and then they don't want to let go of you. Uh, GameFly makes it easy to pop in and pop out. And they offer movie rentals now too. So if you want to you know oscillate between playing games and watching movies, GameFly has your back. Plus, because you listen to our show, we're going to hook you up with a premium. 30-day free trial. All you got to do is go to GameFly.com slash DLC. It's very important. And they're all capital here. I'm not sure if you need to do them all capital, but GameFly.com slash DLC. And then you can get a free 30-day trial with two games or movies, your choice, at a time. Uh, That's the only way you can get that offer is by going to GameFly.com slash DLC. Try it out. Try it for free for 30 days. Get two games and um, be able to play more by paying less. That's pretty good. Right now, right now. What's that sound? Two weeks in a row of tabletop time? You darn right. That's because everybody here has been playing some board games. Uh, let's start with you, Nathan. What what have you brought to the table?
2: uh king of tokyo i don't know if you guys ever i don't recall you guys talking about this but i think one of your guests at one point did it's a Um,
0: great game
2: it's super fun and it's really great to introduce people uh to that haven't really had a lot of experience with more like i I guess adult board games if you want to call it that um they're just it's super fun it's super simple to pick up the rules but there is still a lot of like strategy and kind of head games uh to exploit (laughs) within that game and also i'm a sucker for um giant monster stuff. So it kind of scratches a lot of itches for me.
0: Yeah, this is a giant monster game. Giant monsters have invaded Tokyo and each player plays as one of the giant monsters. You actually have a big physical cardboard cutout that stands up on a standee. So you're placing these big, cool, crunchy monster types on the board and you're, you're occupying different spaces. There's one space in the center where you're the king of the hill And if you occupy that space, you can move into that space and then everybody is able to attack you while you're on it. You're earning points while you stand there, but people are able to attack you while you stand there. You can also attack them. Um, but it's sort of this risk reward of how long do you stay in the center and risk everybody's ire, uh, and try to gain those points before jumping off the center and letting somebody else jump on. Uh, and and it's, it's really cool because if someone attacks you and you decide to leave, they have to take that spot. So attacking you is also a little bit of a risk reward. Um, It's a brilliant game. There's a sequel called King of New York, which adds some new mechanics like tanks and stuff. Uh, But yeah, this great dice rolling. It's basically Yahtzee because you're rolling dice and you can re-roll a certain number of them. Um, But just a blast to play. An easily recommendable game.
2: Yeah, definitely. Especially for like if you have younger players or you have, you know, loved ones that maybe aren't really experienced in more strategic games. This is like that good kind of entry point,
3: I think.
0: Oh, you're not kidding, man. I went I was at uh, a board gaming convention a couple years ago and I did a King of Tokyo tournament and I got my butt handed to me by a 7-year-old. Just well, <laughs> wiped the floor with me.
2: Totally. Well, it, you know, there's no shame in that cuz some of it is just luck, but you know, it's also about taking seizing an opportunity whenever it presents itself.
0: Yeah. Well, they're vicious, man. Those kids <laughs> will
1: turn on you in a second. I
2: remember Pokemon card game tournaments back in the day. I, those They were bloodthirsty.
1: <laughs> kids haven't learned empathy yet at that age. All they know right. is... <laughs> Yeah, right. Christian,
2: you're a parent. You're supposed to be teaching them that. Get out there.
1: Yeah, man.
0: Speaking of uh, playing games with your kids, Christian, you you played a board game with your kids this week?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've – maybe I mentioned it. It's a brownie match. It's not Amanda's favorite, but I think it's it's worth mentioning because – I had some
0: brownie match. I <laughs> matched brownie into my throat for it's eating them.
1: It's always a match every time. Mm-hmm. Um, The, the pieces, it, it looks like a real brownie, like when we first got it and opened it. My oldest was like brownies. How do we play? How do we play this game? Like was very excited. Um, but it you know it's for the preschooler set, and it's just a little more advanced version. I feel like you get a lot of matching games as a parent. There's seem to be pretty popular gifts at birthday parties where it's you know Disney princess or Transformers. it's just it's just match, right? It's just memory. And this adds a little wrinkle to it where they look like brownies and. Not every you you spin a dial first, so if you spin a dial, you'll get a number one two, three, then you have to find a brownie that it, on the bottom they have the numbers one two three so remembering that way that's playing memory match but then some of the brownies also have different things on it like a star which is a wild card and then the spinner has other options on it too where you can be a thief and steal a brownie from someone else or or miss a turn or put one of your brownie pieces back into the pile so you kind of back into the grid so you're adding a new thing to keep track of so it's just a slightly more advanced version of memory which i think is fun for that that preschool age and i like games that involve stealing pieces because I do think Nathan um, that does <laughs> that does teach kids you know playful competitiveness and that if you lose or someone takes something from you it's not you, you should get, destroy them right you don't oh. get angry with them you 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 laugh and oh shucks is what we say at our house and then followed by I'm gonna cut you while you're sleeping <laughs> but that's but that's it was called brownie true. match though um
0: i got to play the newest uh it's not super new came out in march but uh newest time stories expansion you guys have heard me talk about time stories it's my favorite board game currently um and it's it's basically kind of dungeons and dragons adventure in a box but not really dungeons and dragons um it's just it's a it's an adventure in a box where you don't need to have a dungeon master and that is a really attractive thing for my game group i have dm'd a lot of stuff but It's fun to have the game take you on a journey. And Time Stories, the concept is you are a group of adventurers in the future who go back in time and try to figure out a time anomaly. Kind of like Quantum Leap, you're leaping into these receptacles and playing as these characters that were there at that time, but you're trying to figure out what this time anomaly is. There's puzzles, there's story beats, you're going to these locations trying to figure out stuff. Sometimes there's combat Every module works a little bit differently from the last. The newest one is called Expedition Endurance. It takes place in like 1917 or something like that. Real world uh, uh, a ship that was trying to cross the Antarctic and uh, everybody died in the real world. But you go back and you uh, you try to figure out what's going on and they add some fun fictional elements, some supernatural stuff that happens that I won't reveal but – uh, I think this is my second favorite of all of them. I've played every expansion uh, after the base game one, the, f- the very first one. This is my favorite. It is really clever. They managed to figure out some new, wonderful ways to trick you and surprise you. Uh, th- if you guys have a group of four people and you want to have a great, great day of adventuring, pick up Time Stories, and then you'll – probably find yourself wanting to step through every one of these expansions because they're all so cool and different. The Varying levels of awesome, you know, it's hard to, they're all good, but some of them are really really good. This is one of the really really good ones Expedition Endurance uh, I just found the the puzzle to be there aren't, there isn't like a big like crunchy mind puzzle, like in some of them where you're really trying to figure it out but the whole structure of this story is a puzzle and some really fun stuff happens. It's, it's, a, it's a great, great adventure. Expedition Endurance. All right. Um, in fact, I'll, I was going to say, uh, my daily show, my daily gaming show on Anchor, which is called Newest, Latest, Best, uh, you can find that at NLB. I'm going to do a spoiler discussion for, for this game, so um, stay tuned for that this this week. Um, it's going to be a fun one, I think. It's finally get to be able to talk about these games without going... It's good. I can't tell you why it's good, but it's good because these games are—you play it once and you're done. It's a start to finish story, so it can be spoiled. So I'm going to do a spoiler discussion for people that have played it or are not interested in playing on it. On a scale it, of
1: you. arms to arms, where would you mm. rate this game? Uh, definitely arms. <laughs> <laughs> would
0: never have expected. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on. Now let's uh, get to a little bit uh, quick question time. Ooh, quick questions.
3: Get it, get it, get it.
0: You know that we are in the middle of our fun quick question giveaway. We're giving away codes for out-of-the-park baseball that have been provided for us. Last week, four lucky listeners got codes uh, for that game, four more this week. In fact, we have enough to do a third week, so keep those quick questions coming. You can send them to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or post them in the sticky thread on our subreddit, 5x5dlc.reddit.com uh out out of the park baseball is baseball simulator really award-winning series uh really really cool game so four people this week are getting those because they sent us these quick questions this one quick question comes from wretched radio he said uh did you guys read or collect gaming magazines back when they were actually a thing if so which ones and do you miss them nathan Yes, actually, I was a big fan of
2: PlayStation Magazine back in the mid 90s. Yeah. Um, They were, I can't really say that they were like the go to game magazine typically, but man, I love their cover art. They always hired comic book and like anime influenced uh, illustrators to do really, really cool um, custom artwork per month, whatever their cover issue is. I always remember there's a Resident Evil 2 one that I always stuck in my mind. It was like, this really dynamic uh cover of like leon with his back up against the wall and zombies are busting through and it was like super detailed and just man it made me go oh wow i am actually super interested in resident evil all of a sudden
0: <laughs> that's awesome um i remember that magazine that that was one of the first ones that started doing uh, demo discs right yeah i believe so yeah yeah man those are the days uh, christian how about you a uh, gaming mags
1: yeah, I loved Nintendo Power, probably first and foremost, and then I was more of an EGM guy. Um, mm, I, I would mess with GamePro, but I always found their characters to be, even as a kid, a little eye-rolly, um, so I, I was more on Team EGM than GamePro between the two. They were both you know very shticky. EGM, I feel like, well, GamePro, maybe this is how I remember them, a little sillier. EGM was a little more like, extreme, <laughs> like they kind of leaned that way, and yeah. like, that's kind of how I was as a kid.
0: I remember GamePro had the had the rating system where it was like the little man who would stand on the chair if he was super excited about a game. <laughs> and uh EGM yeah, I had I kicked myself for getting rid of my subscri- or my collection of EGM magazines. The or, that's redundant. EGMs. Um I don't know, monthly is the last letter. Sorry. Anyway, uh I think Street Fighter 2 was really the thing that got me into EGM because they were like the place. Like every month there was more Street Fighter 2 news that was breaking in EGM. They knew where their bread was buttered. But the first magazine that I ever fell in love with was Computer Gaming World. And I still have my collection of Computer Gaming World magazines. I have a lot of them actually here in my house in Los Angeles. And it's so rad to look back at those old games and those old ads for games. Uh, and I, I mean, that was the game, that was the magazine that inspired me to actually become uh, a writer. Uh, when I was 14, I got my first job as a computer game reviewer uh, for the newspaper. And it was because I'd read that and wanted to be Scorpia. This person named Scorpia was like the coolest reviewer in, in the gaming world. I never knew whatever happened to Scorpio or if Scorpio was multiple people or just one person or what that was all about. But man, I still have all those magazines and they're great.
1: The, the, I smell a uh, kickstarted classic. documentary coming. <laughs> there you go.
2: Got a lot of the classic days of um, game journalists having weird handles. Like, yeah. Scoochie Gamer X or whatever. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah the or the cool. quartermaster or whatever, yeah.
1: Well, Jeff and I are actually the same person. I don't know if you know that. That's why we do this show remotely. It's just one person named Steve is my name. My real yeah, name it's, is Steve.
0: it's a very small ledge that, we're both, that only one person has room to stand on. So Which DLC. is why we never talk over each other because we're the same person. <laughs>
2: The DLC basically is just evidence of severe mental illness is what you're saying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If that wasn't already obvious, I don't know how we could make it more obvious. Um, (laughs) All right, quick question. This comes from Prengek P. Uh, He says, uh, do you guys like multiple game endings? Most of the time, I find seeing them a chore, like Batman Arkham Knights, where you have to 100% the game in order to see the, quote, true ending, or Undertale, where you have to perform several playthroughs. What do you think, Nathan? Man,
2: uh, typically I not the biggest fan, just because I feel like a lot of them end up, like, even even going back to, like, Chrono Trigger, a lot of those endings felt very, not that interesting, and sort of, like, cobbled together quickly, just so that they can say that we have this many endings. That said, the Nier games have insane, next-level bonkers endings that really utilize the fact that they're not canonical in really clever ways, so I'm like, I think it just depends on how creative they get with it.
0: Right. Yeah, it, the thing that bothers me is this, I, this concept of the best ending, mm-hmm. that you're like, you're selling yourself short if you get another ending. The, the way endings are supposed to work, if there's multiple of them, in my opinion, is that the choices that you made are honored by having a different outcome. Not like, well, you just were lazy and you got this crap ending instead of you know putting the real time in to do the good ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian, what is your take?
1: Yeah, I think of the the ending, the main ending or the ending that I get, I don't care about anyone else, the ending that I get needs to be satisfying. And then if there are other bonuses or Easter eggs, I don't mind, like, Arkham Knights. I felt like the, the bonus ending for that wasn't anything that... You know, required you to do it. I think as long as the ending you get is satisfying, and then I will watch the rest on YouTube or something like that is is a okay with me. But I like I like the idea. I think, like Nathan said, I like the creativity that's allowed to be used in the space and stuff. I think there's there's some cool stuff out there. But I don't want to beat the final boss and have it just be like. <laughs> <laughs> the end and you're just like oh <laughs> dang it
0: different it's different though different there's a there's the fart sound ending and there's the like the armpit fart sound
3: ending <laughs> and and If you like,
0: guys don't like the dog endings in silent hill then i don't understand you at all
2: <laughs> those are <laughs> amazing
0: you has got a point if silent hill may be the only game where i really saw all the endings <laughs> because i was there was a time when I was playing that when like I had the, I had the luxury of being able to just have every ending, you know, put in the time. All right. Quick question. This comes from Peter Benstead. Peter says, uh, what game made you realize you loved gaming as a medium and made you want to become a gamer? Nathan? Oh, Chrono Trigger. Yeah,
2: absolutely. That was the game that, um, I had always had friends who were really big into video games, but, um, I would play Mario and stuff like that. I think everybody had that experience to a point, but, the one that really kind of like grabbed me and still sticks with me is uh, my best friend back in in grade school had already played the game entirely, uh, maxed out all the characters, had level ninety nine everybody, and was like, "Here, just play it and experience the story." Wow! And that was still that was the first time a video game ever really like affected me emotionally, and and still sticks with me to this day. So I think that I can attribute a lot of like what I love about video games can be drawn back from Chrono Trigger, um, especially.
0: What games can do from a narrative standpoint? I here you are a telltale. What a cool, yep. what a cool <laughs> progression that is. That's neat. Definitely, Christian. How about you? What was the game that made you become a gamer?
1: I mean, it keeps happening. Uh, at no point do I think I'm going to stick with it if I quit having <laughs> fun with them or having them blow arms. me away. Arms, at arms. It's definitely well, <laughs> when I learned that you could, you know, add different arms to different fighters. I was yeah. like, this is... became a gamer that day. <laughs> Would you say
2: that you were keeping it at arms length? Hey.
1: Oh. <laughs> Love I'm gonna stretch your arm out and slap you up there. So. <laughs> um, younger, um, I remember Batman '89 that blew me away. Like his cape moved. I was like, yeah, it does. It and like that <laughs> was like, this is the best. It's never getting any better than this. Daytona, USA, Metal Gear Solid One most recently or, or walking dead season one blew me away as like this you know it's, it's finding ways to stay fresh and inventive within video games and then horizon zero dawn you know reaffirms it for me this year so every every year there's something that that keeps me hooked and, and draws me and i don't know if you, could, would... you could
0: leave at any time you're like yeah keep gotta keep me hooked gaming come on
1: pretty much Here's yeah it. i'm not gonna just keep doing this if all they keep coming out with is games like arms you know what i'm saying
0: <laughs> for arms Arms is going to be a million seller. Do you know Tell why? Because there's nothing else to play on the <laughs> switch.
1: I know. Yeah, there are a million um, switches out there.
0: <laughs> uh, mine. I, I mean, I remember we had a uh, a kindergarten thing where you could make your own plate. Like you drew something on a, a round piece of paper, and then they like took it and did some alchemy, and then it became back to you as a plate, like a dinner plate. And I drew Pac-Man on mine. So I, I mean, clearly I had Pac-Man sheets when I was. I went as Pac-Man for Halloween. My dad made me a Pac-Man costume. So I was already into you know games like that. But I think the game that really like opened my eyes and made me go, "Whoa, there are entire worlds in here!" Was The Bard's Tale. Uh, I think I talked about that recently because I went to visit uh, In Exile and meet Brian Fargo. But that was the first game that as a young, very young person, I barely understood that whole thing. Like even how to play it. Or I, I remember we died all the time because we just didn't get the mechanics of it because we were too young, but it, there was a city to explore and there were mysteries and there were classes of characters and a party of adventurers, And it just felt like any, I could go through a door and anything could happen. And it was this magical feeling of this, this entire universe that was created for me to experience. And, Uh, so it blew me away, man. The Bard's Tale on PC. All right. Quick question. This one's going to be fun. This comes from D hood 86. He says in baseball, many players have nicknames such as Billy country breakfast, Butler that are often derived from how they play or how they look. What would be your nicknames in baseball or in video games? What would be your video game nickname? So here's how I think I should, we should do this. We should do it for each other. I don't know if we're qualified to give Nathan a nickname, but, um, we should try. Nathan, would you give yourself a nickname? What would you what would you give oh, yourself?
2: Oh gosh, it would probably be effing healer because usually people are yelling at me to like <laughs> res them and I'm not efficient enough at it. So
0: Oh, that's good. I like that one. Uh Christian, do you have one for me?
1: Yeah, you'd be Jeff McLovin Kanata. McLovin? Yeah.
0: That's so derivative of like <laughs> this other. Thing that's a, already a known nickname.
1: Right, but you also love loving things, and it works that you're also the nerdiest guy in the group that thinks he's cool and has a fake ID. So it's totally. Right, that is true. I do
0: have a fake ID so that I can.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's a way that it could be something like um, uh, Happy on the Outside, Dead on the Inside, Kanata. I'm trying to think of that. <laughs> what, about,
2: what, about ar- what about The Arms Dealer? There you go.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, for uh, my
1: favorite game. Ever arms Jeff click click Canada Je- click mouse, click mouse, that's pretty good mouse, click Canada click,
0: um... click what about you Christian what about um Christian like um uh the, the Rye something you know uh what about Spicy Boy there you go Spicy <laughs> Boy
2: <laughs>
3: I, I want to read the fan boy.
2: fiction about Spicy <laughs> Boy <laughs> spicy out boy. In the town Ooh, Spicy oh, boys here there's some DLC slash
0: fic out there
1: probably. Right?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Spicy boy and click click. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh boy!
0: Uh, all right. So thank you. The four of those uh, are getting codes to Out of the Park Baseball. You guys are awesome. Keep sending those in. We have one more week of codes to be able to give away, and uh, you know you can send in questions even not if you don't want a code. You know, we're going to keep doing this segment as well. Well, except that that
1: last week's, one of last week's winners is now the manager of the Florida Marlins. So I just want to say that, you know, he played out of the park baseball, got really good. Florida needed a manager. I'm telling you, it it can happen to anybody.
0: It's like that uh, Last Starfighter scenario. Right. But for for baseball. But for
1: baseball managing, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, That is going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have a parting gift coming up, so definitely stay around for that. But Nathan Ortega, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, where can people keep up with your stuff online? Uh, I'm actually
2: mostly on Twitter. So uh, at, and the name is ridiculous, but I am a horrible otaku again. Uh, it's K-E-N-J-I-S-A-L-K. I'm on Twitter all the time talking about all sorts of stuff, telltale stuff. Was um, oh, it
0: Kenji Salk? Is that what it is? Salk,
2: yeah. It's, it's a name I've had for like the past 15 years. It's basically my best friend from high school who got me into Chrono Trigger. And then my favorite scientist, Jonas Salk,
3: Oh,
0: so I think I was, you know like, your baseball nickname. It's Kenji Salk. <laughs> right, right. But then also, you know,
2: I'm not Japanese, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm on Twitter all the time. And you can also follow us at Telltale Games to get, you know, all the updates on Guardians
0: and any cool stuff we have coming on later this year. I'm very excited to, to, to play Guardians. And congrats, uh, guys. Uh, that launch is, is everybody seems pretty excited about it. So Absolutely. good stuff there. Christian, how about you? What do you got going on this week?
1: Um, Twitter's the easiest way to keep in touch. It's at Spicer, S-P-I-C-E-R. If you're in Los Angeles tonight, I'll be at the Comedy Store at some point between 8 and 10.30. <laughs> you don't know kind of when you're go- when when you're getting up all the time. Um, have a parenting show called Department of Parenting. You can find it at departmentofparenting.com. Chris Quintos is back from her... International travels here um, next week, so we'll get back to our regular episode. And we have a certain um, uh, magician slash comedian slash Austinite joining us for the first episode uh-huh. at the end of that. I mean, I, I don't want to brush off who it might be, but. Uh, be. would you? Would you or not? <laughs> I mean, my my, bri- my brain is fried. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I misspelled it. Was class. Oh, wait, it was close. Yeah. Um, coming up, so that's going to be a fun one to look forward to. And then patreon.com slash christian spicer is at least 20 more minutes where last week's show was style over substance which was very much inspired by persona 5 and whether or not uh if you had to choose just style or just substance which would you choose i'd like to think i would pick substance but that is a boring world uh <laughs> it's a very boring world
0: that's dwarf fortress is what that is oh yeah dwarf it, fortress or persona 5? well i think persona 5 has content
1: for it me. has content just style would be like just the hook from a boy band pop song you know just like bye Mm -hmm. bye bye like the whole time oh that's That's, my that's called
0: that's torture
1: yeah that's called inside
0: my brain every morning
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh and that's probably that's probably good something new and exciting is coming but nothing i can talk about yet jeff what about you well
0: as i mentioned i have a daily gaming show it's a short quick hit it's on anchor you can find it at anchor.fm slash nlb which stands for newest latest best Really fun. Every single day, I, I talk about the news, talk about the games I'm playing, talk about your questions and comments. You can send in audio to that show. Really, really digging doing it. Anchor.fm slash NLB. I also uh, do the slash filmcast at slash filmcast.com. And uh, we have concerns at wehaveconcerns.com. And um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Kanata with two ends and one T. All right, guys. Let's finish up the show now with our podcast. Parting Gift.
3: gift.
2: gift.
0: Nathan, do you have something to help people get through their week?
2: Yeah. um, Actually, they just added the previous three seasons of Black Sails to Hulu, Hmm. uh, which is a show that I feel is criminally underrated. Um, It just actually finished the series finale of its fourth season last week, I believe. And it's one of those shows that I feel like people are going to really be kicking themselves for having missed out on prior. So uh, it's, it kind of is like if Game of Thrones were less depressing and had more interesting core cast of people and a lot hmm. more kind of mildly optimistic themes. It, it, it deals with a lot of stuff that I feel for being a show about pirates um, <laughs> actually is pretty darn resonant now with our current political
0: climate. Interesting. So yeah, it's, just, it's, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's, it's funny that... Um... There was like a a whole mess of, of derivative. It felt like derivative shows after Game of Thrones was a big hit. It felt like you know, Vikings came out and Black sails. And I kind of avoided all of them, thinking, oh, these are all just sort of knockoffs. But it turns out like at least those two I've I've heard are really good.
2: Yeah, it's I think it's just by nature of it being on stars that people kind of ignored it. Um, yeah. But now that it's on a streaming service like Hulu, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, it's uh, actual pirate. Themed story that feels very like sophisticated and
0: mm-hmm. but doesn't feel nihilistic or bleak like Game of Thrones typically does. Very cool. So that's Black Sales and it is available on Hulu. Christian, how about you? You got a uh,
1: a uh, parting gift? To find a find a workout buddy if you can. Uh, you know geeks and sneaks or whatever. And my folks were in town, so Amanda and I were able to go uh, to an exercise class together. What a treat! I miss. I I go to a, a gym regularly, so I have my. My gym friends, but I like if you have like a regular friend, a, an outside the gym friend that can also become a gym friend. It's the best. It helps keeps you motivated, gets you there, and then when you're you're both walking around later, like super sore, you just keep. It's so funny. It, yeah, you, you, you like keep finding ways to have the other person do a squat. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped my keys. Can you grab those? Amanda was real sore, and it's like the girls would be like, "Pick me up," and I'd be like, "I think Mom wants to give you a hug." <laughs> so if you can find it, I think it you know makes working out easier and and more fun. So find a bud.
0: You and I were a workout buddy one time. You you brought me over to that uh, CrossFit cult that you're a part of.
1: I you you did you you, uh, you were very sore the next day.
0: I was very sore the next day. I'd love Good to job. be your
1: workout buddy. I think we'd have fun being workout buddies. Too
0: far. It's too bad we live uh, impossibly far from one another. I know we need teleporters. Yeah if only there was a way to like skype no that would not no. be fun no, okay
1: uh, your camera's uh, in the wrong move your camera Jeff. Move...
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man um easter just happened speaking and... of working out <laughs> yeah yeah let me give you a reason yeah this is we did this in the wrong order uh this is the reason retroactively to work out um i love easter candies specifically cadbury cream eggs i kind of love the fact that cadbury like doesn't put them out except for this part of the time of the year. It makes them feel special. I love Cadbury cream eggs. I've been petitioning for years to get a dark chocolate Cadbury cream egg because I think that would own. I don't know why they don't do it. But, guys, the greatest thing ever happened, and it's only for a limited time. And since Easter's over, you can probably get these a discount now. I walked into the store, and it, like – the waves parted, and a light shone from the heavens. And sitting there on the on the uh, on the shelf was Cadbury Cream Egg cookies. Whoa! A chocolate covered cr- crunchy cookie that has Cadbury Cream Egg like gooey ooey gooey goodness in it. And I bought them on a whim, brought them home, and they are even more delicious than I could have possibly imagined. Uh, I downed that entire box and sitting and now i have, need a workout buddy but oh my god if you guys get a chance these things they're limited time only they're only for this time of year if you get a chance you got to try them they're if you like crabberry cream eggs like i do uh these things are amazing so
1: i just posted in the chat they make dark chocolate minis
0: Cranberry cream egg minis really
1: Hmm. i've never seen oh. i don't know what they are but it's, oh maybe it's different maybe it doesn't have the cream filling with the well, that's the whole sugar. point never mind sorry i thought i found it i was so excited for you yeah, edit no. this out of the podcast so i don't look stupider than i already look sure I'll definitely
0: do that. <laughs> uh <laughs> all right that's gonna do it for this episode of dlc thanks again for to nathan ortega and christian spicer uh thanks to all the folks in our chat room you guys are awesome for hanging out with us in real time uh and thanks to all of you that download the show we appreciate you listening we also appreciate you passing along the goodness that you find here to others. If you can recommend this to a friend, that really is the only way we spread the word about the show. That and your kind reviews on your platform of choice. So if you are, uh, you are delighted by what you hear or, you know, at least not annoyed, give us a good review. It really does help. And we will be back next week with more gaming goodness. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.